Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard, where we discuss the building blocks of making dough in childcare. I'm Kate. And I'm Carrie. Welcome back to Colorful Clipboard. We are so excited to take the time to chat with y'all today. And Carrie, let's talk a little bit about what's going on in the world and where do we want to help our directors today? Well, um, the world blew up last week. Um, we're recording this in between when the world blew up and when you're listening to it. Um, so, um, there was what, I don't know what term to use. Um, the one I've heard most often in the media is an insurrection. Um, there were people with weapons who went past police officers and took over the Capitol building, causing, the duly elected officers of our government and their staff to have to be uh, shelter in place drills, which makes me think that while we have to do shelter in place drills four times a year, obviously these legislators did not do their four <laughs> times a year shelter in place drill because they were very bad at it. Okay, so basically we recognize that our directors probably have had eh, staff who have things on their mind other than the children. Yeah, so what we want to (laughs) do, yeah, so what we want to do is try to help you as a director. And again, you may have wished we had posted this last week and who knows, we may end up posting this early, but what we really want to do is to help you remember that in your place of business, you're going to have parents and staff with various religious and political beliefs and the kids are watching you. And the kids are looking at how you respond and you as the director need to be the leader. So you need to help your staff have a place to to talk about issues. Um, You can't necessarily say you can't talk about it because it's on their mind, right? And and same with your staff and your your, same with your um, parents. So Carrie, help me. What would be some things that if you were going to, because we've had issues... This is not the first time the world as a whole has blown up, right? So we've had hurricanes and we've had disasters and and 9-11. Yeah, Yeah, I was running a center on 9-11. I was substituting in a classroom. Um, So I've been through this um, and I've helped my staff through this. Um, This kind of emotional feeling, um, maybe not all of the emotional feelings, because there's also people who did not feel attacked uh, on January 6th, who instead felt like people were standing up for them. But for those who felt attacked, I have felt that way. <laughs> and I have helped my teachers through that. Um, but regardless of your feelings, you still have an emotion. And yeah, you're still it's, trying to figure out how to deal with There's a lot of emotion on both sides you know, and every time there's an election, you've got people who are happy about the election and people who are hacked off about how it turned off, turned out. Um, and what we have to do as the leaders at centers is create pockets of time where the people can have those emotions, uh, sort of the pressure let off of those emotions that is professional and is not going to be disruptive to the children. I mean, I think that's 
one of the most important things. What, what do you think? So what would what what does that look like? I mean, if you were a director and you come in and you see your staff all huddled around talking to each other, nobody's doing their job. And although you yourself may have some emotion, <laughs> I'm sure that something is stirring and it could be just because of world events, or it could be because you're sitting there watching your staff sitting around. And I'm going to use the term gossip because that way the skill that we talk about here can be used around other things because, uh, you could use a lot of what we talk about today, even with if there's an issue with a, a staff person who left the organization or a family who left. A lot of times in childcare, we end up with, a, again, a phrase that I don't particularly like, but it's a good one to kind of uh, demonstrate what we're talking about, which is that gossip, right? Like everybody wants to talk about it. Yeah. And again, it comes back to, you know, social structures and all of that, but they can't be talking about it, you know, a group of three of them, and there's 24 children running around amok, 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 you know. <laughs> and so how do we create structures and, and times for them to release that pressure on that emotion? Because we don't want them to tamp it down and to, to clamp off the emotion. That leads to illness and it leads to stress and all of that. But they can't do it in the classroom with another teacher and not be paying attention to the kids. So scheduling. Well, so we have two things. It's not just about the being able to pay attention to the kids, but it's also about what the kids hear. So, I mean, I think obviously, I mean, my first take is as a director, you need to acknowledge that and tell your staff, I understand that all of you have the need to talk about the world's events or the community events or the events of today. So depending on, you know, again, using it outside of this past week. Yeah. I mean, like it could be that a process server came to the center in full, you know, constable uniform and, you know, freaked people out because somebody was being served papers. Well, maybe it was their divorce papers. It doesn't have to be a big deal, but that would be something that people would end up wanting to talk about in little huddled groups. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I can think of all kinds of examples, yeah, but I think but the that's first like thing is the a director. Most, that's the most innocuous one that I could think of off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's much better than, you know, a drunk parent trying to pick somebody up and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, step parents, all those things. Like, wonderful stories that we can probably pull out of the last I 30 think, years. But <laughs> I think we've got two easy techniques here. Um Maybe I've got three. Woohoo! Look at me. So one is <laughs> rearranging the lunch schedule so that instead of you know this person goes to lunch and then that person letting two or three people go to lunch together so that they can have that time to vent (laughs) um okay and maybe it's only a 30 minute of an overlap but that works i also let's hold on hold on before we go to the next one let's talk about that real quick okay so you might make sure that when you're looking at doing this that you actually have some conversations with staff at the beginning of the morning letting them all know that this is your plan and asking them to tell you who they would like to take their break with yes. um don't make the assumption that you know how your um teachers are going to react because they may have their best friend but perhaps their best work friend is not who they want to talk to this about yeah absolutely um, Um, and I did that on September 11th. We also stayed late. I stayed longer than I wanted to at the center (laughs) on September 11th because I had staff who weren't ready to go home 
and have to deal with their at-home life. They needed to process and talk through what had happened. They couldn't go home and fix dinner. They needed to talk through what had happened during the day because they couldn't talk about it during the day because they were watching children. Um, yeah, sometimes you just need a grown-up. And if you don't have a grown-up who you can talk to, whether it's a, a family member or um, even somebody on the phone, because again, we all come from different backgrounds. And so there's a possibility that the people that you work with, you might be able to have, you might have somebody in your work world um, who is a better fit for you to talk through whatever the world issue is that's going on at the time. Okay, so that's number one, right? So schedule some lunch. Well, that was number one. So and that- then... The after hours was number two. Okay. And so what's your number three, Carrie? Give it to me. So the number three is having the director clear their decks for the day and saying, I will be available at any time you need to come talk to me during the day. Absolutely. Um, so now, And that, that was one that I used more when there was a CPS investigation at a center. Yeah. I think that something like CPS, divorce... But again, one of the things that's key as a director is you have to know where you personally stand. You have to be mentally prepared to talk about both sides of an issue or a concern. Uh, So be prepared that you have to do your best um, or at least make sure that you're really upfront when somebody comes in that you're going to be looking at this through perhaps a lens that's specifically colored. Um, Like I would have a very different point of view having a conversation with somebody who was having a, um, perhaps there was a, a, a nasty divorce that kind of comes through your program and all of a sudden you've got staff that are doing all kinds of talky because they've got, you know, some of the staff were friends with the wife and some of the fr- staff were friends with the husband and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, although parts of me, because, you know, my, my husband had an ex-wife who had, they had kind of one of those interesting divorces where on a personal level, my ex-husband and I have a very different relationship. So there are some things that I just know, I look at things from a very different lens. And so being up front with people who come in and drop in sit down in your office to chat, you need to know yourself where you stand on whatever the community issue is and how the community issue is being resolved. So if you agree or disagree or... And if it's something that you can't be objective about, I think you've got to say that. Yeah. And so then that's where, I mean, the one great thing about if you can't be objective, um, I'm not really going to throw Carrie completely under the bus, but there is a reason why... Um, all Texas director and colorful clipboard, why we are available as coaches and consultants, because this might be a great time where even on Zoom, you pick up the phone and you have Carrie available. Um, You know, Carrie has made herself hugely available during the whole COVID everything over the last nine months. And not that she wants to always be your uh, your neutral party, but sometimes, and you may have a staff person who is a psychologist or a social worker in their previous life, or you might have a parent who has this skill set. So um, find it. Sometimes it's worth finding that resource before you need it. So, you know, I often talk about, you know, dig your well before you're thirsty. Usually it's in a whole different uh, component. Well, it's but right, it's you know, that topic we talked about, I don't know, months ago, building your support team. Um, and this is part, this is an ideal time to use your support team. Um, how can, can you bring in counselors to help your staff, you know? Depending on how severe the issue is, you may need to bring in counselors for your staff. And if you have to come up with it on the day 
that, you know, somebody drives their car into your building, it's probably not going to be the best day for you to go try to find a counselor for your staff. It would be much better if you already had a counselor in your back pocket. Absolutely. So, so that is, so what we've given you so far are some things to think about related to the staff when the world kind of flips upside down. But you also have to remember you have parents that are still very much a part of your program and children. So Carrie, let's start with the children component because I think that it's important to be able to answer the question, at least of those who can talk. So let's go with preschool and above. What is an age appropriate response if a child asks you or says something like my daddy or my mommy said? Yeah, I had, I was listening to a podcast um, after uh, January 6th and the podcaster said that her kindergartner couldn't sleep and had said, mommy, are the shooting people just going to big buildings or are they also going to houses? And she had not had the news on in the room with that kindergartner. <laughs> so the child had picked it up from, you know, it being on in another room or whatever the child had gotten or from an older sibling had gotten the information uh, that there was the conflict in D.C., And so she had to sit down and have the conversation. So that's a five-year-old. And with a five-year-old, you know, or a school-ager of any kind, really, your conversation can be about this was people in this situation, in this place, fighting about this thing. Are you in that place? Are you fighting about that thing? No. Cool. (laughs) We don't have to worry about that. Or if it's a hurricane, well, do you live on the coast? No. Then, you know, if you live in Lafayette, Louisiana, it might be an issue. But if you live in Boise, Idaho, Iowa, where is Boise? If you Idaho, <laughs> if you live in Boise, <laughs> the hurricane is not going to be an issue. So for some of those kinds of issues, you can talk through the location where that is happening and showing them on a globe or showing them on a map how far away it is or looking at how long it would take to fly from one place to another, giving them some physical proximity cues can help to calm them down. Um, But if it's wildfires or, you know, that center that had the person drive their car into it, that's going to be a little harder to come up with a developmentally appropriate way to have that conversation. What, I mean, what would you do if you were talking to an old two or a young three about even just the stuff from January 6th? What are some thoughts that you would have? So I think some of my first thoughts are, um, A, making sure that your staff are aware that the kids are going to hear them talk, have heard the parents, grandparents. Um, I do find a lot of times that um, there there are two places where the kids get information from people who really don't think about the fact that they're there. One, grandparents. I love grandparents, don't get me wrong, but they don't generally think to filter what they're saying around two, three, four, five-year-olds yep. or even elementary school. I mean, let's be serious. Um, and then the other thing you brought up was older siblings, older cousins, older family members. But I think one that's new um, that we definitely need to consider as well are, are people's phones. 
And I say, I'm going to say social media because to me it's been amazing how many times I see toddlers holding their parents' phone, going through the grocery store, watching some little show on YouTube. And unless they're paying for, you know, a specific, you know, service through YouTube, they're still going to get ads. And so you, you never really know what you're going to get. And so breaking news sometimes falls in that. So I think helping that two or three year old, asking them whatever it is that they heard. So what did you hear? What are you concerned about? Letting them tell you. And then, yeah, you know, not think assuming, before you speak. Not assuming that they know all the things. Let them right. talk from yeah. where they are. Absolutely. Yeah, because you don't need to give them any more information than what they're dealing with. <laughs> I've seen that Because if all they heard was somebody times. died, because they could have heard something as simple as somebody died, right? So maybe that's what they're worried about. Um, so um, I, it's definitely a huge thing to ask them, well, what did you hear? What do you know? Why are you concerned? Um, and then as an adult, taking a deep breath, thinking really hard about the words you're going to use, and then help them understand what they need to know. Um, and then with that, I think it's very important to let the parents know uh, when they come to pick up that this subject came up and what you said. Because yes. um, again, remembering that your parents um, and you may come from different backgrounds. And so you need to make sure that if you've answered it a specific way, that the parent gets that heads up so that you know they don't go, well, but Susie said... Yeah. I mean, we haven't really talked through a whole lot what yours and my reactions were uh, to what happened on the 6th. But, you know, you have a husband who has been in various forms of been in the military for donkey's years. Um, And so you may have a very different take on it than I would as a former peace activist. (laughs) You know, just those two pieces of our backgrounds being different could give us radically different things that we might want to say to a child in that situation. Well, and again, we come from different points of view as well. Well, we have perhaps different perspectives when it comes to even something as simple as how much time am I going to spend energy on doing the research and stuff, because again, I'm here, I'm not there. Um, I think my reactions had I lived in Virginia (laughs) (laughs) versus my uh, reactions living in Florida are definitely different. Um, My husband was not activated for civil unrest orders where there were National Guardsmen across the country who were activated for civil unrest orders. So again, um, either one of those experiences would have also changed my response. And so um, I had to make conscious efforts to not spend my time. Um, And again, had this happened outside of COVID, where I've already had to be very guarded about what, to what extent, what news I decided to deep dive or research, because I did find myself, it, it affected my own mental health. Yep. And so you have to know that about yourself. We have directors who are easily half our age. <laughs> so um, when I think about what I would have done in my 20s, might have been very different than what I would do now that I'm over 50. So um, as a director, use your older staff as well, perhaps as sounding boards, because you may not have been through um, a major world state situation where you have ever had to put yourself in the this scenario. So, you know, you may not have had a massive hurricane that took out, you know, huge parts of the country. You may not have been old enough to even remember much about 9-11. And so that freaks me out, by the way, (laughs) that freaks me out. I mean, I, 
I mean, when I think about the fact that we absolutely have directors who weren't even born when I got married. <laughs> so, you know, it's the little things, right? So I have to remember where people were uh, when some of these events that we were using as examples, you know, where you may have been. And so we really don't want to discount your uh, willingness to learn but you need to be very well of your own mental health. If you are in a leadership role in your school, you need to be able to be the leader, which often requires think before talk. And I think that's something we get with age. There are some people who can do that naturally at a younger age. I was not one of those people. <laughs> and so the one thing I've definitely learned in my last 30 years in the industry has been I need to think really hard before I answer that question, whether it's a staff, a parent, but more importantly, a child yeah, or a it child comes, watching. Yeah. I was going to say what pops into my head is one of my favorite things is, do you need an answer to that right now? Oh, and I if, love that one. And when they say yes, I say the answer is no. <laughs> um, that saves me so much time in my life. I have, that has just been a godsend. I don't know where I picked that up. Um, if somebody knows the attribution, send it to me, but I have been using that for 20 years at least, <laughs> and it just makes my life so much better. But you can't do that with a child because a child does need the answer right now. <laughs> but for anybody else, you can use it. Absolutely. I mean, one of my favorites that I really have only been using for a couple of years, but it's also really good uh, when having discussions with staff or parents, and especially if there it is a controversial or potentially controversial, is the infamous help me understand and then shut up. <laughs> Because then you start to hear, you know, the lens that they're looking at whatever the, their concern is. Um, because I do think the more questions that we ask and the more we listen, uh, the better we're going to be able to support our staff and our parents. Absolutely. Well, we know that this has a, been a, 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 an emotional week for you and your staff, and, um, and, and we haven't even touched on all the other things that could possibly going on in your head. We know that different states have been affected in different ways. Uh, we do still very much have COVID. We have vaccines. We have all of the things that are going on in the world. So um, take some deep breaths. Be there for yourself. Be there for your teachers. Uh, you've got a couple of more weeks probably heading full of emotion on both ends as we go through inauguration. Uh, we continue to go into the next phases of vaccinations and, and vaccine conversations with friends and family. And all I can tell you is please encourage your staff, uh, parents to, to, to read, 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 educate themselves. Don't assume everything that they read on the uh, on social media is the answer. And um, regardless of any of the, the current issues we have going on, I'm going to go with for the month of January and February of and 2021. I'm, <laughs> and I'm going to say also, make sure you're doing some of those self-care things we were talking about earlier in the year. <laughs> they are still valid, whether that's chocolate or trashy romance novels or um, watching Star Trek or uh, Hallmark what is movies. The, what is the series that you watch 87 hours of? What What's your series? Which one? The, the one um, with the cops. The cops one. Oh, the NCIS one? There you go. NCIS. Whatever it is that is your self-care, fluffy thing to do, this is an excellent week to do some of that. 
Yeah. So um, my daughter and I, um, Fridays are our recovery day. So for her, she is an athlete. Fridays are her recovery day. Um, and we have adopted the, because it also on the Hallmark channel, it is Christmas movie night. And so we have decided that Fridays all year round are going to be hot cocoa and Hallmark Christmas movies. So um, I'm very excited about my Friday night. <laughs> Some of y'all are a lot younger and have a lot more interesting things to do <laughs> on your Friday night. But find whatever that is. It might be soaking in a hot bath, but I agree with Carrie 100%. Take care of yourself. Um, we will be back next week uh, talking a little bit about um, follow up and follow through and, and bringing in your uh, a spring recruitment into your program. So, um, but we really felt like we needed to kind of talk to y'all and, and be there for you as a resource in, in this time. Have a better week next week. Thank you for listening to Colorful Clipboards. Connect with us on social media at Colorful Clipboard or send us an email to hello at Colorful Clipboards. Send us your voicemail with your own questions and stories. If you want to keep learning with us, visit Texas Director, where we continue to have seminars, licensing programs, and more. This show has been made by me, Carrie Casey, and Kate Young with assistance from Hallie Casey and Marie Young. If you learned something today, share the show.